This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Good morning, campers! Alan Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, good morning, happy Wednesday. That's right, the fun is over. July 4th is come and gone. Back to work, everybody. We've been here the last couple of days, and we will be with you for the next hour or so. You got CeeLo and Fliegelman. There's no Jerry, there's no Al. Hopefully it doesn't suck. We'll see how we do over the course of the next hour or so. But yeah, uh, we had the last couple of days, which was fun with uh, Jerry and Sal in for Boomer and Geo morning show, but there was no warm-up show. So hopefully the warm-up show enjoyed its uh, well-deserved time off. And we're back with a bang for the rest of the week. What's up, Fleeks? What's up, CeeLo? Yeah, this might be uh, you know the most days. This might be one of the other days. I guess we'll find out today, tomorrow, and Friday. That's right. Well, look, it, it's, uh, it's nice knowing that we can't please people because we tweeted out that, hey, we're doing the show, we're filling in, and then half the replies are, oh, finally, people are going to do sports between <laughs> five and six, and then the other half are, please stick away from sports and stay what we're used to. So it's good coming in knowing there's nothing you can do to make people happy. You cannot please everyone. And listen, I just uh, learned in the last segment of uh, Emmanuel Babari's overnight show, as you were sitting in there with him, that apparently I'm uh, insecure about my meat and my burgers. Little did I know I'm a big condiment guy. So that's uh, it's a tough way to start the morning. Yeah, you know, it's wild. And after I went on with Emmanuel, I was talking to Rascona about this quickly. There are some really aggressive food takes oh, you know, yeah. on the positive and the negative. Especially I in thought this the building. whole point of America was that <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You're free to make whatever choice you want, have a blast, and people are just supposed to leave you alone. No, see, that's where you're wrong. You're free to make the choice, but they're also free to mock you and criticize you for it and tell you that you're a moron and an idiot. So that's the way that works. And we got to find some stuff that's protected. Food choices, just just let people do what they want. If I'm if we're going to criticize everything else, let the people eat their meals in peace. Just leave them alone. Yes. Well, look, uh, it is uh, back to work. Hopefully, uh, you guys enjoyed the last couple of days off. I'd imagine things will get back to normal a little bit around here the rest of the week. And for most people, you know, going back to work the next couple of days. Uh, so hopefully, you enjoyed your time off. You will have Jerry and Sal coming up at the top of the hour in for Boomer and Geo. Rest of the week, we are back on TV today. So welcome back to the CBS Sports Network crew. Though I will say, uh, it was very entertaining in the studio here yesterday. In the midst of us doing the show, a lot of bull riding on the network, and it was um, it was distracting at times. I was definitely caught looking away from my script, and Jerry and I were chuckling to each other here in the studio. So this is one of those weeks where everything's off a little bit, especially when you get the holiday on a Tuesday. So Monday was like a pseudo-holiday, and now we get back into the swing of things here. And you have people coming in today with kind of that Monday vibe. They're just oh, re- yeah. they're starting the week, and you know they're talking about how it was great to have a few days off and relax a little bit. And then you and I are the guys staring there just like, oh, yeah, no, that sounds nice. We've worked every holiday for the last... I mean, for me, it's like 11 years for you. What, 15, 16? Uh, yeah, I've lost, I've lost count. I've lost track. Four day weekend. What's that? And not even just working the holidays, but working multiple shifts on right. holidays as well, which right. I, I mean, did yesterday. I, I made the mistake of asking you Monday after we wrap up the show. Hey, Celo, any good plans? Like the next couple of days, you're like, well, you know, after I leave this job, I go to this job, then I go to this one, then hopefully taking the kids to see the fireworks, then this job and this job and this job. So I guess I'll ask you now. In between, how are the fireworks? I couldn't tell you. I never made it. The family oh, did. The wife did. The kids. 
kids did. The in-laws did. A lot of the surrounding area, friends and family made it. I tapped out. I was exhausted. By the time I got home Monday night, I was like, I'm going to lay down for a little bit. And Next thing I knew, it was like 1030, and they were coming back from said event. But that's all right. I didn't see a lot of fireworks, but I heard hundreds and hundreds of of fireworks going off in and around my house. I got got one for you yesterday morning coming in here. Stopped off at Wawa for a little gas, a little coffee down there on uh, Route 9 and whatever. I guess it's uh, Sayreville. And I get out of the car. It's 10 after 3 in the morning, and the, someone's shooting off fireworks. 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> At least then it's dark. I mean, I went to my parents' house, so you know we're both Central Jersey guys yeah, yeah. originally. So I go to my parents' house, and it's like 12.30 in the afternoon, and people are shooting off fireworks. What is the point? What could right. it possibly be? Can't see the much. point yeah. at twelve thirty, and this is before the rain. So clear blue skies, the sun is out, and people are shooting off fireworks. And I know I just made the whole point about you know with food, leave people alone, let them do what they want to do. Yeah. The fireworks, that's where I'm coming after you. What could you possibly be getting out of setting off fireworks under a clear blue sunny sky? So you're already going against your goal for America here. You're contradicting yourself a little bit because the fireworks now is not protected. You're coming and you're going after the people with the daytime fireworks. No, nah, listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the food. I'm attacking the fireworks. <laughs> I hear people. you. I hear you. And it was a weird day as far as the weather, I guess, depending on where you were, right? Because the Yankee game gets delayed for a half hour. I left this building at about 3.30 yesterday afternoon. I went outside. It was very dark and wet, so clearly the rain had come through. And then a short drive through the Holland Tunnel back to Jersey City, and it was white clouds and blue sky. And then when I got back home, there was a big storm coming through with hail and wind. So a bizarre couple of days. But we got the game. Obviously, look, the Mets were out in Arizona. That was no problem. But the Yankees got their game in, and all of a sudden, a couple of wins against the Orioles. You're chipping away here at the wild card standings a little bit. Harrison Bader's making a difference. Glaber Torres actually had his running legs on yesterday, maybe a little bit too much at times. And the Mets uh, continue to, this, you know, this is going to happen now. They're going to get, like Sal said this yesterday, they're, gonna they're get definitely going to at least run. tease you. Yeah. They're going to pull you back. So that's what I wanted to ask you as we begin this morning. As a Met fan, do you even want that to happen? Yeah, it's July. I don't want to go through the end of July, all of August, and then maybe into September watching meaningless baseball. I've done that enough in my life as a Mets fan. But as a Jet fan, you've got training camp right around the corner and the excitement of Aaron Rodgers and all the possibilities for the season ahead. And I get it. You can't live and die with training camp practices, especially since they're not televised, unless you're going to go to the open ones and the preseason games are you know, for the birds, and Rodgers probably is barely going to play. But if it's a year where the Mets crash and burn, at least you have the promise. I mean, everyone gets excited for football season, but it's extra special for you and the Jet fans this year. It is, but that's also still almost two months away. Yeah. That's one day a week. And I'm somebody that, you know what, I can enjoy two. At least let me maybe find out what it's like to enjoy two teams giving me good performance at once. Like I remember in 2015, Mets are on their World Series run. The Jets are off to a very good start that season. They're playing well. It wasn't a bad... Like, I didn't hate having two good teams to root for at the same time. So, yeah, for the Mets, give me some kind of run here. Give me something. Give me something worth watching and give me something to root for over the next two months. So you're not in the camp of, this season's going nowhere. They've dug too deep a hole. Sell it off now and get what you can. Listen, I might be there in a couple weeks, and I'm of the mindset now, yeah, if they're in the same spot in the standings three weeks from now that they are now, then absolutely sell off. But between now and then, they're going to have 20 games, so why not go on a run? 
I, I don't have to think it's going to happen. You know, my brain's not looking at this team and saying, well, they're built to go on a run. But from a fan's perspective, well, why not? You know, they have to play another 15, 20 games before things get really important before the trade, trade deadline, deadline anyway. Yep. So why not go out and win a bunch of those games? We see some team kind of go on a run to the postseason every year, regardless of what they do in the postseason. Why, If you're a Mets fan, why not just root for that team to be you? I, I don't understand the point of rooting for a team to be out of it this early in the season. Yeah, I don't necessarily root for it. I think from the fans' perspective, yeah, listen, all things equal, all things considered, you want to see your team perform well and be in the mix. I think back to where they were last year, obviously in better position, and as disappointing as the return was at the trade deadline, right? And now they're in a spot where they're not obvious buyers. And I know, we, like you said, we got a couple weeks to go. So they're not obvious buyers. They basically just paid $4 million bucks to acquire this middling reliever from the Mariners. Right, they bought a mediocre reliever. You still have the stink of Daniel Vogelback and Darren Ruff and Michael Givens from a year ago, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, confidence right now surrounding Billy Epler. So if I'm not a Met fan, but if I'm putting myself in their shoes, it's like you you feel a little uncomfortable if they're going to be sort of in that no-man's land and you wonder how they're going to handle it this year as opposed to last year, especially knowing that their long-term goal is to not only hang on to their prospects – but to perhaps add some along the way to build up that minor league system so that they can promote and grow from within. Yeah, listen, I am somebody who pays, you know, I'm in the weeds, paying attention to the farm system, the front office, how they're doing everything. As Jerry called you yesterday, the baseball geek here amongst those of us that are working this week. Totally happy to accept that title. I don't understand. Like, I'm able to separate that from then. You still, when you watch the team, if you're sitting down, if your team's playing a baseball game, you know, the Mets are playing out on the West Coast later tonight. How do you not want them to win? Especially, again, this isn't September and they're eliminated and, all right, you know, you're maybe playing for a draft pick in whatever sport. This is a team as unlikely as it is. They go on a nice little run here and then we're talking about them being two, three games out at the trade deadline, a run that um, so many teams have gone on before. They've even done that before. I mean, 2015, 2016, this team, the last time they made consecutive postseasons, they weren't in good position going into the trading deadline. They had to make moves, get better, play better, and you can make a run. So uh, you have to separate the two. Even the fans who are worried about what Epler might do at the trade deadline, might not do what he could get right, what he could get wrong, you're still three weeks away from that. So for now, you know, enjoy as much of a heart attack as it was yesterday watching them try to win a game on the 4th of July. <laughs> the fact that they came away with a win, listen, in 162 games, you're going to have a lot of tight ropes. You're going to walk a lot of tight ropes. So enjoy the game that they won. Enjoy what you saw from Francisco Alvarez, Starling Marte coming alive. You know, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Why not think for the next 16 hours until they play again? Hey, maybe Starling Marte is going to become the player he was last year and has that been his be whole great. career. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he obviously had a rough start to the year. You have to think the core muscle surgery probably played a role in getting off to that slow start. Now, you just mentioned a key phrase. You've got to separate it or separate yourself from it a little bit. So... I probably didn't phrase it the right way, so I'll try to rephrase it. If you can, for a minute, take your fandom out of it, because I'm not asking you to root against your team. I'm not asking any of the Met fans. Of course, no one wants to root against their team. That's no fun. But can you at least, if you put your objective glasses on, your objective hat, admit that maybe it would be better off for your peace of mind, for your brain, for your heart, for your emotions, and for the team long term if they put you out of your misery early? 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. No, I just don't think that I just don't think that is the case. Okay. And I also putting the objective side out of it, and listen, this is where Mets fans come after me. They don't like this. The Billy Epler criticism is wildly out of control. Overstated. Over I mean, the guy hasn't done the poor job that people want to make him out to be. Okay. Or paint him out to have done. And even the trade deadline last year, as much as people aren't happy with the return, and I, I Totally understand that, even though uh, last year Vogelback was what he was supposed to be. Rough human wasn't. disaster. <laughs> Given we know very from good. hearing from the owner before last year's trade deadline, after last year's trade deadline, not trading top prospects comes from above Billy Epler. True. So when people want to go, and this is even, I agree with the decision, but if you're going to criticize that aspect of how they built the team, Billy Epler is not even the person to go after. It would be Steve Cohen. If the boss tells you, hey, go make a trade, you're not allowed to deal these guys, how am I supposed to then crush the general manager for not making a deal involving those players? I get that, but I would say the way that this team was built coming into this season, if you go back to the beginning of the se- beginning of the regular season, before anything played out the way it did, with struggles in the pitching, even before the Diaz injury, and you looked at the team on paper after the Correa thing fell through, and that's, you know, we don't need to go back to that because... You know, he hasn't exactly been killing it this year, but we felt, okay, this team is short a bat, if not two bats, and at some point along the way, they're going to find the guy to add. But to your point, you got to give to get. So if they're not going to be giving up anything significant, how do they add that significant piece along the way to fill out this lineup? No, I understand that, and I would even counter with, you know, the one area where I thought this team was maybe short, even before Diaz, was I wanted, one, I wanted one more reliever. Yeah. I understood, you know, they want the quote-unquote optionable arms. I still don't even think it's a real word, optionable. Optionable. But I, I get the flexibility they wanted. Every team does that. They want guys they can send up and down. I still would have gone six reliable guys who are proven and two that you can move up and down. They went five and three, which became four and four because Diaz got hurt. Right. So I wanted one more guy. I also just think, on the whole, like, and this might just be hearing fans call the radio station online, calling for Billy Epler to be fired, or there's this even host talk about Billy Epler not going to have a job next year. I hate to break it to Met fans. Whether David Stearns comes in or not, Billy Epler is going to be here next year. You just watch this team mismanaged as poorly as any team in all sports for a decade, and you're going to fire a guy now because you don't like one or two moves. He, this is the same guy you know, who's been maybe the best free agent acquisition that any team has had out of the bullpen. David Robertson. Who signed him? Billy Epler. How about Brooks Raley? Really good reliever they got in a trade, right? Who traded for him and didn't give up all that much for him? Billy Epler. And traded with him from a team that we always say, well, if that team's giving a guy up, he must stink. Just stay away. Right. And Billy Epler traded with the Rays and got somebody who's been good. Give you another one. We talk about the bats. Think about the best free agent Bats who were signed with a new team this year. Tommy Pham. Who signed him? <laughs> Look at Fleeks. Listen, I, and I get why fans are disappointed. I'm to disappointed bat. too. You're a Mets fan. You're sitting here in July, and there's seven games under 500. It stinks. It, you know, it's, I mean, disappointing doesn't even do it enough justice, but 
Billy Epp was not the reason that Pete Alonso was hitting 50 points below where he was last year and hitting below 190 in his last two months. Mm-hmm. And he's not the reason that Francisco Lindor, while definitely coming up with the clutch hit here and there, the power numbers and the RBI numbers are there, is hitting 35, 40 points below where he should be. Why Jeff McNeil went from bat- I mean, the I, this drives me nuts, and I've been saying this for months now. The American League batting title champ last year gets traded to the National League East, and he's flirting with 400. The National League batting title champ from last year now looks unplayable both at the plate and in the field. That is hard to figure. You know, Starling Marte, and maybe the surgery he had is part of it. You know, guys maybe have a little bit of a drop-off. Starling Marte's not 38. Starling Marte's in his early 30s, yeah. and the guy went from an all-star to now a guy who looks like he shouldn't be on the field at all. How am I supposed to crush the GM for these kinds of things? No. When, again, the, the additions he made this offseason, outside of Jose Quintana, who, of course, the Mets signed a guy who his best trait is his durability. All he does is make 30 starts a year, and he gets hurt <laughs> before he throws a, year, a pitch. Right. But the other, like, again, Fam, Robertson, Raley. They've been some of the best additions any team made in the past year. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm not necessarily feeding into maybe the hysteria of some of the the callers we get who will fire this guy, fire that guy. It happens with the Yankees too. Cashman, Boone, fine. I was more specifically looking as as we approached the trade deadline because of sort of the underwhelming nature of last year. Now I get your point. To some extent, maybe his hands were tied from management. We want to keep on keep the prospects, which it doesn't feel like they have. A ton of as no, it they, is, especially they still at the don't have that many. upper levels. And look, yes, Alvarez now is here. Uh, still waiting on Beatty to kind of make an impact, like more significantly than he has. And you know, the Vientos thing hasn't really worked out at the big league level yet. We haven't seen Mauricio yet, so they do have some guys as far as position players. But you know, feels like they're lacking in the pitching department. Which oh, they, listen, at some they, point they absolutely are. But that's also why you know people go nuts about all the free agent pitchers they signed. They had to. Somebody oh, yeah. finally, somebody finally took over this team. Those moves, no, and looked Hasn't at the, the pitching system, especially when they took over. You know, the guys they have now who are highly regarded, maybe a year or two or three years away, they've all been added in the last two years yeah, since Steve time. Cohen took over. When he inherited the Mets, and I think people joke or hyperbole maybe is used too often. They heard the Mets farm system was bad. I don't think anybody realized how truly uniquely terrible it was, save for Alvarez. And Beatty, two blue-chip prospects. Even with that, Alvarez at one point was considered the best prospect in all of baseball. The Mets had one of the four or five worst systems in the entire sport because they did not have a single pitcher that people looked at and said, that's a legitimate major league arm. And it takes a while to build that up. That's why you rely on old players. It's why you have to rely on free agents. And it's why, for again, for every bad— Billy Apple hasn't made that many trades with the Mets— you know, yes, the trade deadline last year did not work out the way people wanted it to. And I will still say two of the three deals he made last year were not nearly as bad as people like to make them out to be. One was a disaster, and if people just focused on that, it could be a more serious conversation. Darren Ruff came here and might have been the worst player in baseball. But even this offseason, he makes the Brooks Raley trade. Last year, they made the Chris Bassett trade. They gave up even guys now who don't look like they're going to pan out to be much for the Oakland A's, and they got a guy who was a legitimate good starting pitcher for a year, and had he not made some really terrible comment or just foolish comments before his postseason start, might have been somebody that they extended. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'll look, we'll look at it this way. It could be worse. It could be the Angels, who yesterday find out Mike Trout is going to be out for a while with this fractured bone, and then Otani goes out the, there the with Angels the Angels had a met day. Anthony Rendon, Rendon gets hurt in who, between. Who has been hurt. I mean, they got all these guys that are banged up, so... 
in a year where again they've spent a decent amount of money and who knows about Otani's future and they've got uh they've got trouble now out they, there. They had the a AOS. they had a very Mets day. Yes, they did. Yes, they did in San Diego against the Padres. All right, let's take our first break. We're just getting started here. Warm up show on a Wednesday morning out of the uh holiday weekend. Hope everyone had a good one. You got CeeLo and Fleegs till the top of the hour. Jerry and Salicata in for Boomer and Geo. We're coming right back here on the fan. 